We are here with Mimi Bolden-Mora. She's the first female GA at a Power 5 school, and she works under coach Jim Harbaugh with the Michigan Wolverines. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Super Bowl happened yesterday. Did you have a sign? What were you thinking? <laughs> um, throughout the playoffs, I actually wanted both teams to make it far. Um, but being that Jalen Hurts was um, – fairly new into this thing and his story is incredible I definitely want the Eagles to pull it out but they did it that was tough on me yeah <laughs> as someone who lives in Philadelphia it was tough on us as well <laughs> gee did was it crazy like outside your window afterwards because like um they let off fireworks for just because um so that was that was pretty fun to see but you know when when the teams are doing well the city is always a party yeah, I thought it was an awesome game. I think, like, a lot of Super Bowls can be mismatched, and, like, you have very, like, one-sided. Mm -hmm. So to see, like, such a close game I think was super exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's obviously, like, ended on a controversial call, but that's the game these days, so. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did, do you like Rihanna, Mimi? I do. I, I thought she did really well. I also looked like she was pregnant again. So that was. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone was like, oh my God, is that like a baby bump or are we just like seeing things? Yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed. She did a great job. Yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she was up however high on that like floating surface, I was like, girl, like. Right. <laughs> but it was, I think she did a great job. But we want to learn more about you. We want our listeners yeah. to more learn about you and your story. So let's get right into it. Yeah, I want to jump. I want to jump right in because Mimi, when I saw your college game day segment, um, the first thing I said, I was like, we have to have her on the podcast. And I want all of our listeners to kind of understand from you and to hear from your own words about your sports background and what started your passion for football. Um, just tell everyone about that because, like, I go on and on. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I grew up in a small town called Belle Glade, and a lot of people know it as Muck City. So that's where Anquan Bolden, Antonio Holmes, those kind of guys are from. And there's literally nothing. If you look at it on a map, it's two small towns surrounded by cornfields. And Friday nights were dedicated to football. There it wasn't a soul in the town that wasn't there. And so me growing up, seeing football as something that brought community together. Um, and I mean, I don't know, that's, that's what sparked it. I love going to games. Um, as a kid, I hated when it rained because I knew that that would mean the game would get canceled. So that that's, that's really like what football was to me. It was more than just a game. It was something that brought the whole community together. Um, and then on top of that, my dad played football, um, played at Florida state and then had a small stint, doing a couple practice squads around the NFL and just was plagued by injuries. But he was my dad, uh, my brother's football coach my whole life. And I didn't miss practice, didn't miss a game. And so on top of me already feeling that football is something where like it, it defined what community meant to me, what um, love meant, what coming together meant. Um, That just like tied it all together. I always wanted to play. My mom wouldn't let me play tackle she let me play flag so that's what I did um and then growing up in college I mean there or growing up at least all throughout high school and then going to college there were, wasn't 
much um, coverage on women in sport in general, but especially football. So I really didn't think there would be an opportunity for me. And then uh, when I got to Georgetown after I graduated from BC, had a couple years of eligibility left, got there and needed some pocket money in the summer. Mm-hmm. And there was this, this local flag football league that promoted everybody um, participating. So no matter what, um, what your athletic ability was, however old you were, as long as you were amateur, you could play. And so they were promoting it in the program that, were, that I was in and some of the football players that I knew worked there. So I was like, you know, mm-hmm. let me give it a shot. So I worked there and I loved it. The little kids from like five up to 14, being able to coach them up um, on what I knew and I loved it. And so I was like, maybe I could give this a shot. And I had seen that um, Jennifer King, Sophia Lewin, um, and then Coach Lowe from the Bucks. Coach I, Lowe. I, she's, my, yeah. she's my girl. We work together. She's the best. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. I, I actually had a project that I, I had to reach out to her, and she responded. So she was one of the first people that I um, that I was able to connect with um, in, in football, really. And so I was like, you know what? Let me give it a shot. So I reached out to a couple of Georgetown football coaches, was able to work my way through there, and having my brother play at Michigan was a blessing, too. So my family was really close to close to Coach Harbaugh and asked, like, hey, is there any way I can intern or just be a part of it? Um, and we had talked a bunch before this, not football related, but after a bunch of conversations of gauging, you know, how far I was along, what I was learning at Georgetown, then it really became like, okay, I could have a spot at interning. So it was going to be that. And then weeks and weeks built up that we would just continuously talk and then it became – okay, we have a GA spot open. Would you want to be a GA? And really, like, I look at my life in a faith perspective. And so for me, no one could have made this as easy as it was without God. Um, mm-hmm. But I do believe that he put a lot of amazing people in my life that really helped me navigate what that looked like because mm-hmm. my my transition into this was, like, so unprecedented, right? Like, I, I didn't coach high school football. I didn't coach, like, literally, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just – I mean, the series of events when looking at it is like, how did it happen? But I was so blessed just to have amazing people that give, gave me opportunities and, and trusted in in me and in my work ethic. And, and there I am. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that's really special having that family influence, that faith influence that kind of just keeps us going and like pursuing those dreams right. and, you know, being surrounded by football and, you know, learning the game successful college basketball career what skills and knowledge did you take from you know basketball over to coaching football and even you know even just not just you know practical skills but like um they call them soft skills in interviews but anything that you can share with us yeah um I think right off the bat one thing that really helped me out was looking at football as a language right like you have some people coming in super proficient, like they know what they're doing. All it is is just kind of changing a little bit of the verbiage and, and they got it right away. And then you have some guys that come in absolutely clueless, right? You have guys who were just told run right, run left or see ball, get ball and, and whatever it is or run straight and go catch it. So you guys, you have guys coming in from all kinds of backgrounds. And for me, basketball is one of those things that is so universal and it's, like everywhere, right? Everyone knows what a Euro step is or has heard it. 
And so, like, for me, I took the language that I learned in basketball and was able to apply it. So when I look at receivers and I look at the way that they release off the ball, to me, I see it as, like, crossovers or something like that. So I'll say something like an in and out cross and then release, swipe down and go, and then run a go or, or whatever it is. And a lot of them can understand that because they know what a crossover looks like. And so they would take the same steps and kind of imagine themselves dribbling, dribbling a ball. And that same thing with some of our footwork with quarterbacks in the run game, right? So we'll have to reverse out. And sometimes we jab one way and go the other. So I call that a Euro step. And there's just like things that like our guys click onto. And a lot of them have played other sports. So it's just me being able to take like language that I learned or things that I've seen that I know they have seen, especially me being young too. I'm only 23. So a lot of the guys are, we're around the same age, honestly. So they pick up on the same language. So it's really that way my approach allows them to see in a different perspective. And sometimes that's really helpful um, with certain guys that may not get everything that a coach says. You know, I mean, we have coaches that have been doing this for 20 something years. So their language is so different from even ours, right? The generational difference. So I think right off the bat, that was something that came super easy and was easy for me to transfer. And then. I think my ability to also play the role of like a sister to them is super helpful as well. I think in in order to help someone really get to where they want to go, they have to trust you. And me being able to wear different hats, like it's super masculine in this space. And sometimes it's hard to let that guard down and, and really be vulnerable in certain moments. And I've seen myself be able to have those conversations that aren't typical in in a football space, right? I can ask them how their day was or, hey, how's your relationship going? And, and things where they can open up to me and trust and know that I have their best interest in mind. And then that just translates to our connection on the field, right? They trust the things that I'm saying. They trust the, the way that I'm coaching them and know that I have their best interest. So I think those two things immediately were, I was able to propel and, and build their trust. And, and for them to know too, that I'm, I'm here to grow. And I asked them just as many questions they asked me, if not more. So I think those two things were just my ability to use the other things that may not have uh, be football related to um, apply it in the way that I coach. Yeah, I love a lot of things that you said there. Um, I love how you talked about how like football is a language, but there are like all these different interpretations of it. And I think that's what makes it such like a cool, interesting game um, that like everyone looks at football differently. Um, And the other thing that you touched on that I think is super important is the role that you have on this team. Um, Like there are a lot of these older coaches that have different philosophies, but you bring in this like young, fresh, different philosophy that I think benefits the players extremely because I think there needs to be that balance. Like it's super important to have these vet coaches around. I mean, they've been around the game forever and they're so knowledgeable, but to be able to communicate and relate to the players is like a different level of coaching. Right. A hundred percent. I, and to that point, I think that's why coach Harbaugh is very strategic in bringing in, a staff that was diverse in that aspect like our analysts may be older but our position coaches are young so you have those like those connecting brains where you do have the coaches that can relate listen to the same kind of music that that maybe even share some kind of social media interests as the guys so you have that um and that works and I think that's what propelled 
or is the key difference between let's say the 2019-2020 season compared to the last two seasons the the fact that the players can actually connect and and is there's that age um i guess the age gap closed with the new generation of coaches that that we have on staff yeah for sure and and just like parlaying that um when you're coaching what is most exciting to you about the game I think seeing guys be able to translate the things that we've worked on or maybe that guy that didn't have as much confidence be making a play and, and you seeing their, their growth. Like we have some guys that in the beginning of the season, you would have never thought they would have been as successful as they are. For example, Colson Loveland, like a, amazing player. We all knew this, but to see it translate to the field, like him getting his opportunity and, and executing everything that we asked him to at a really, really high level. So I think those are the things I love the most um, because once you, once you're with these guys every single day, you're with these guys more than you're with your family, friends, whatever, more than you're with yourself. Like I have very little alone time. So being able to see them do what they love at a high level, that always excites me. I look at them as my brothers and love them just as much as my own especially with the amount of time that we spend with them, the conversations that I'm able to have with them. So to me, it's it's more than just the game. I want them to be successful because I care. It's not like, and they hit me up about things outside of the game. Like, though, so I, I've built this relationship with them that's just beyond the game. So being able to see them in life on the field or whatever it is, be successful, that's the most exciting part for me. Um it also keeps me competitive. Um, I miss being, I miss competing and this is just the way that I get to do it. So knowing that I'm playing a role in the way that we win and the way our guys prepare and execute that that's exciting for me too. Um, I, I have to say, like, I really appreciate what you said. Um, you're saying it like you sound like a really good coach, which being like coming from a background of recruiting and scouting, like coaching is so important to the development of these players. Like there's only so much that like coming from my perspective that we can do, like we can get good guys in the building, but like once they're in the building, it's up to good coaching to develop them and, and make them into the players that they have the potential to be. So I think like what you were saying, like seeing these guys who might not have like, like maybe didn't, you didn't think that they could play the way they do when they go on the field and they, they really have their moments. Um, I think that's like so incredible. And it really like goes to show people like, coaching is so important it is so so important like it can make or break an athlete's career no doubt and I'm glad you said that because that's that's spot on even in my own career I've I've seen that I've had coaches who've changed my life for the better and for the worse um and a lot of it it was just I look at it now that I'm older and I've gone through it there are lessons that I needed to learn about myself but it's true. These guys, just as much as we spend time away from our families, they are too. And I think you got to look at it as a two-way street. And I I pride myself on um, earning respect. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned in this generational difference that we've been talking about is this generation, it, they ask questions. They're going to ask you why we do things. They're going to ask you how, and they're going to want to know the details behind it and everything. So they, they're not just going to take because I said so. Um, and I get it because I'm the same way. And like I said, I'm not far off in age. 
So it makes sense to me that they want to understand why they're doing things. Um, so it's I've learned that in order to get their buy-in, you also have to prove that to them too, that they should buy into you. And it's not just because I said so. And I think that's when you get the most output. And I think as a staff, we have done such an amazing job with that. Like, sure, you might have moments where it is like be quiet and just do it. But for the most part, our our coaches are so willing to explain, you know, why we're doing certain things. So the guys are, we're all on the same page and no one's confused. Um, And to what you were saying about how important coaching is, they do spend so much time away from their families. So because of that, they need to know that, you know, they're in, in the best space possible for their growth as individuals more than honestly their growth as an athlete, because that when they leave us, they need to be able to take care of themselves, take care of their families and whatever else, because they're going to stop playing the game, whether it's immediately after college or, 20 years from now. Um, so making sure that they are in the best p- position to succeed even mm-hmm. beyond football is so much more important. And especially to me and for the coaches that aren't looking at it that way, looking at them as people first, um, I think they're in it for all the wrong reasons. And there's no amount of money that they, that I can get paid that will ever change the way that I would see the players as in, in such a way. Like, I would never see them as a way for me to make money. I see them as ways for me to just continue to spread love and spread positivity that God gave me. God gave me the opportunity to be here. And so I just want to give them give them that energy. And so that's just the way that I look at it. And it really, it really shows with how much effort the coach and the staff really put in. Because, you know, we've all had, like, bad experiences with coaches and, like, you know, I played basketball at a high school level and like you've had some bad coaches where you're like, oh, wow, that could have really ruined my experience with the game. And with, you know, Michigan having such an incredible season, it really shows, you know, what the coaches have has put in, what the players have put in, like everyone gave 110%. And really with, with a run like that for a team, what's that like? Like, can you, can you bring me who's never really been in that experience, like into not the locker room, but just the whole experience with the team? Um, coach says this all the time. And, and now that I'm finally in off season, I see it too, but the weight room and the strength staff is our X factor. Okay. The way that the discipline is being hammered into them is unreal. And I, and I watch lifts every day. Um, their bottles have to be a certain way. Their foot has to be a certain amount of inches behind the line. Um, they have to go on the whistle. And if they don't, they have up downs or, or whatever they every band that we use every every plate that we the m has to be perfectly centered like everything has to be perfect um and without that kind of discipline every single day our guys wouldn't be able to perform at the at the level that they do now our coaches do a good job of implementing that as well but our job is to get them to understand the information as fast as possible so sometimes we're not always thinking about like, hey, make sure this is tight. But our strength staff does an amazing job of that so that we it makes our job a lot easier. So when they come up to us, they're already locked in and prepared. And a lot of times we don't even have to tell them to, hey, make sure this is tight. Make sure your binder looks like this. Make sure it's, they're already as organized as, as they need to be to be super successful. 
um, I would say that that is the X factor, and and I put my money on it. If we didn't have the strength staff that we have, we wouldn't be as successful. Now, couple that with the amazing coaches that we have, and then there you go. You have a national championship contending team. We have some of the smartest coaches, in my opinion, on the staff. Coaches that were able to take me, who's never played the game, um, and, and learns differently than a lot of the players because my mind operates in a different sport sometimes. So I have to often translate, right? Like it's for me, it's like translating English to Spanish. Like I have to, I, I don't learn it immediately like a lot of the other guys. And I'm not getting reps in practice either. So it's not like it's always going to click. And the coaches that I work with are able to teach it to me so that I can teach it to the guys immediately. So we have people like that around the guys all day, every day. And and when you just have that flow like that and that well-oiled machine, it just makes everything that much easier. The guys have little things to do. They can just go out and play their game and the way that they want to and the way that they need to in order to win. And there it is. That's an awesome tidbit, um, and I love what you said about how the strength conditioning coaching staff is your X factor. That does make a lot of sense that the way they run the weight room translates. I think, I mean, obviously discipline is so key, and that shows shows on the field in your work ethic. And, I mean, a team that's not disciplined will fall apart. They'll commit penalties. They'll shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um and that ruins your success. Um, I do want to talk to you about how I know that you do some work on scout team. Um, and for the listeners that don't know, um, scout team is, is basically a part of practice where, um, you emulate what your opponent may be doing that week. Um, and it helps your offense learn what that def- with defense may look like. Um, what has that done for you in terms of like your growth and coaching? Man, I, it has grown me exponentially and at a fast rate because I was kind of thrown into the fire. Like I had no idea that scout team looked like this in football because it's so important. Like scout team is so important. Every player on scout team is super important and vital to the team's success. Yeah. Like people don't get that and they think, oh, it's scout team, you suck. It's like, no. 100%. It's normally like the backups that are running like scout and scout yeah. team. And they like, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, these guys aren't starters. They don't matter. But like, they're serving such a vital purpose. They're huge. They're huge. And if they mess up, then the offense or the defense doesn't get the right look. And so then they go out into the game. They have no idea what to look for. Like, for example, there, there's like so many viral videos on Luke Keekley being able to point out exactly what's going on during what formation or what motion. Sorry. And just so sorry to interrupt you real quick. We're upset. We love Luke Keekley. Like we've loved him. Like we lived together in college and we were always like, Oh my God, we love Luke Keekley. So I love yeah. that you brought him up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's one of the smartest players to play the game. And if it wasn't for scout team, if it wasn't for, I mean, of course his own work ethic and, and grind in understanding what's going on in the film study that he does. But without scout team, a lot of that would not happen. So scout team was huge. And and I didn't know a lot about the intricacies of defense, right? Like I knew a lot about offense. I knew concepts and things like that. But I knew cover one, two, three, four. That's it, right? Like I didn't know what spy meant. I didn't know what, like, I didn't know what any of that. One rat. Couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you much about it. And so because I was on scout and had to 
break down defensive film. And I mean, I was doing it anyway for what we have to do and our responsibilities, but I had to learn quickly what a lot of this stuff was. Um, and so it taught me so much about about defense, different fronts, um, different blitzes, and especially from the quarterback position. I mean, it helped me out a lot in being able to understand what's going on and to tell the guys like, hey, this is this is what we got going on. Um, so it was huge for me. And I know it's huge for the players, but for me as a coach, it forced me to understand things and get really uncomfortable really fast. And so, honestly, in the moment, I hated it. But I, you know, I'm so grateful in my development that I had to do something like that. Um, and it it was probably like where I got the most development because I didn't know how important it was until we got into practice. And if I didn't make sure the guys were in the right look, and I'm getting like yelled at, and it's like, oh, this is a big deal. <laughs> so I learned quickly, like, okay, this is nothing to play with, and and also on top of that, like. It's tough on the guys too. Like they, a lot of them don't travel. A lot of them are walk-ons, and a lot of them like don't play if they do travel. And so getting them to buy in too. So there's a whole other level of like coaching that you have to go into. Of, hey, like I need you right now, and it may not feel like it from your teammates. It may not feel like it from your position coach, but I need you. So having to like really go deeper into relationship building and things that intangibles that you wouldn't even think about that coaches need like personability and being able to connect and being able to share my own personal experiences so they know like I care about you and it's not just me just like being a butthole or whatever like I need you and I want you to know that I've been in this situation before this is how I got through it and blah 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 so it it made me closer to a lot of the guys that I probably would have never talked to or they would have never known me at this level so it was it was really cool and not just X and O's, but also in just like the way that I'm able to coach a player and to really like buying into something that they don't really want to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a, a, I mean, first of all, like you were saying from the football perspective, it, it made you a better offensive coach and being able to like make those reads that you might've not been able to make before and kind of understanding like what the quarterback's looking at, you know, what the line is looking at, you know, when they see someone line up over their gap or something like that. But, um, and then what you said, that's such great insight about it. You have to coach them in a different way as well. Um, and then, uh, for the listeners that don't know, like college football teams are huge. Like there are so many players on that team. Like you will not, you will probably not know all of them. So it's awesome that you're able to have like a relationship with more of the players. Um, like I know, like when I was recruiting on the college level, like, our D coordinator had no idea who some of the offensive guys were. And it just, right. sometimes just, you just don't, cause there's so many guys on the field or on that team. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And there's about, for us, we had like 140. So you're going to have, there's a crap ton. And then on top of that, some of them move from offense to defense. So it's like, there's so much more than that too. So yeah, I, because of that, I was I now I know probably everybody I know everybody on the team. I could make a list of everybody. So with their numbers. Ooh, numbers is tough. Numbers is tough. Scout team. Scout team, what sucks is that they'll play whatever number that we or our opponents are. So that our guys know, hey, number four is their best D B. Hey, number fifty five is their best linebacker, whatever. So sometimes I don't even remember. I'll look uh, they'll be in a new jersey every week and 
if, if they don't travel, I'm not seeing them on Saturday. So it's like, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you the number, but names, I got them down. It, it's also like, it's interesting when you're talking about finding what motivates each, each player, like at different levels, because every single person's going to be different. And ultimately something different's going to motivate each and every one of them. It's like, right. you're saying, you know, all of them. I mean, I don't know if you know, like a random fact about each and every player, but numbers is hard. Like Carly said, um, I wanted to ask both of you because I've actually been really enjoying this conversation, both as someone who is more of like an amateur football fan and as someone who just loves sport conversations about sports. Um, But I wanted to ask both of you, what's the one piece of advice that you can impart to like a younger generation of women who really want to get involved in coaching? Um, I would say my, my biggest advice on anyone is and not to like throw a Bible at anyone's face, but what if God is putting something on your heart or if you feel something heavy on your heart, go do it. And the worst thing that could happen is you find out more about who you are. Um that's that's anybody could I feel could take that advice. If that's you wanna be a lawyer, you wanna be a doctor, go into accounting or open up your own business. If you feel very passionate about it, something that you can do with nobody, something you could do like in your sleep, do it. And, and if it's not meant to be, then you learn, okay, this is actually, I love this. Actually, I, I feel this is where I'm being pulled to. But without taking that leap of faith, like you would never know. And there's this parable that I, that my mom told me as a little girl. So that just, I think about often if, I feel doubt or worry about taking the next step of whatever it is I want to do in my life is uh, this guy went to heaven and an angel was there waiting for him to show him around. And so they were walking around, showing him all the amazing things about heaven. And there's a one door that they pass and the guy's like, Hey, I mean, we're passing this door. Why don't we go in? And the angel's like, no, we're not going in there. He's like, why not? He's like, we'll, we'll wait and see. So they keep walking past right they see it and finally at the end of the tour the guy's like you know the angel's like how was it like is there anything else you want to see and the guy's like i want to see that i want to go that door that you didn't want me to go into and the angel's like you're sure said yeah so they open the door and it's miles and miles of boxes and the guy's like what is this and he's like these are all the blessings you missed out on because you were you were afraid and so i one thing that I, I try to pride myself on is just continuing to just jump. Go and try and do it. Um, the worst thing that can happen, like I said, is you learn about who you are. You learn maybe what you love, what you're really passionate about. Maybe that one thing that you thought you wanted to do, you really didn't. But if you wouldn't have tried it, you, you would never know. And then if it hits, it hits. Then now you know, like, all right, this is exactly where I need to be. But regardless, you will build the character you need to get to where you want to be or you will be where you want to be. So that if I can give anyone that advice, that's what it would be like. Just do it. Jump and know that if you're strong enough to take that leap of faith, you'll be strong enough to get yourself out of wherever you fall into. Yeah, I love that. Um, That's super inspirational. Um, And I think, like you said, it applies to anyone Um, like, you know, take a risk see what happens um yeah I'd say like my piece of advice is that 
take up space and like make your voice heard when you enter a room like you're in that room for a reason um take your chair and sit down at the table and and say what you need to say um I think that's like a huge thing especially as a woman in the industry like you are you got into that room for a reason they want you there so now it's your your time to like say your opinion you know take up space be loud you know that kind of thing so um that would be mine but yeah I love that I actually was at a um at an event this weekend and one of the the advice that was given by a player actually that we have Mikey Sanders still he said um when you walk into a room make them grateful that you you walked in like make it known make your presence felt and make them grateful for being able to meet you and I think to your point like that's it like be bold in, in whatever it is stand firm on on knowing that you belong there uh, because as soon as you doubt as soon as you don't then that's when you get eaten up yeah uh, and it's easy to in this industry too like there's not many people that are actively supportive or at least outwardly supportive and sometimes they are they just don't say anything so you never know um so sometimes you will feel lonely sometimes you'll feel like you're by yourself but your boldness is gonna help you through it and know that you you belong there regardless of who you are and what you look like yeah I love that um and thank you for sharing that with us I think that's like awesome for someone to hear um and last thing for you real quick um we're gonna turn it fun real quickly but uh if you could play any position on the field what would it be oh I would say quarterback but now that I'm I'm in it uh I think being a receiver would be really sweet. There's just something mm-hmm. about the moves that they do, their ability to um, I don't know, they're just crazy athletic, crazy fast. Yeah. Um and they make the quarterbacks look damn good. hundred percent. So I, I would say receiver for sure. Um quarterback's really cool too. You gotta know everything. They're probably some okay. of the smartest people in the room, but there's something about a receiver that just makes it all come together. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, quarterback's nothing without his receivers. Where's he going to throw the ball? Right. <laughs> um, but we're going to wrap up here. Thank you so much, Mimi. This has been awesome. Um, anything you want to plug? This is your time. Uh, no, I'm good. I, Everyone I, go I, follow Michigan football because you not like you don't oh, know yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, follow Michigan football. Um, follow me too. I, I always show love, so, yeah. There it is. So, you guys know where to find us. Next one up podcast at next one up pod on gmail.com. I almost forgot our email. Next one up pod at gmail.com. Next one up podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.